I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for 16th Sunday after Trinity, the 17th in a series of 26 homilies for Trinity season. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is the fourth verse of Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, performed by Richard M.S. Irwin and used with his permission. It is also the theme music for the companion video presentation for Trinity Season. Listeners may benefit from the companion AIC seasonal video series Trinity Tide, the teaching season, which is presented in nine episodes, each linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity season, Anglican traditions of Whitsunday and Trinity, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions and commentary on the collect, epistle, and gospel readings for Whitsunday Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, and all 24 Sundays after Trinity, and Sunday next before Advent in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect, Epistle, and Gospel readings for 16th Sunday after Trinity are discussed in Episode 7. The Epistle reading for 16th Sunday after Trinity, Ephesians 3, 13-21, is a short homily by St. Paul on the meaning of divine love, agape and how through the incarnation, life and death of the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, and by the sovereign grace of God the Father, working through the Holy Spirit, that love is able to dwell within the faithful. It includes powerful praise verses rarely equaled in the New Testament, including sweeping references to the breadth and length and depth and height of the Father's love for his creation, and the use of one of St. Paul's favorite words, fullness, to describe the effect on mankind of the divine powers in heaven. The Gospel reading for 16th Sunday after Trinity, Luke 7, verses 11 to 19, is St. Luke's unique account of raising the son of the widow of Nain. It is the 11th of 12 episodes for Trinity season from the Gospel of St. Luke. The time is the spring of 28 AD, roughly contemporary to last week's account from the Gospel of St. Matthew. It happens the day after Jesus' healing of the centurion's servant, which is another incident in which it was the non-Jew who showed faith in Jesus Christ. In our reading, Jesus and the traveling party are near the small town of Nain in the region of Nazareth and Mount Tabor. 
When Jesus and the, quote, large crowd, unquote, including the disciples and others following him, reached the gate of Nain, they were met by a similarly large crowd coming out of the town in a procession, bearing the open coffin of a young man, the only son of a woman Christians know only as the widow of Nain. The dead son of the widow of Nain was most likely her only source of support. St. Luke's objective in his gospel was to tell the story of a compassionate Jesus of Nazareth. And in this account, we hear again that when Jesus saw the woman, he had compassion upon her, counseling her and saying to her, Do not weep. But telling this bereaved woman not to weep was not the only unusual thing Jesus did that morning. He also touched the open coffin. For a Jew, this was so startling that the procession stopped and all around the coffin fell silent, according to St. Luke's account in verse 14b. The parallel to the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10, verses 23 to 37, read on the 13th Sunday after Trinity, is obvious. In the parable, both the Hebrew priest and the Levite crossed the road to avoid touching the unclean thing which lay in the road. Jesus, unconstrained by Hebrew religious protocol, did what no one would have done, touch the coffin. Ponder now what this woman must have thought at those astonishing developments. She had lost her only son, probably the source of her livelihood, and Jesus said to her, Do not weep and touch the coffin. If she was astonished before, imagine her thoughts after Jesus broke the silence and said in verse 14, Young man, I say to you, arise. We don't have to imagine the shock at what happened. Next, for St. Luke tells us, Fear struck the crowd when the man in the coffin sat up and spoke. When St. Luke writes that Jesus presented the arisen man to his mother in verse 15, I think St. Luke means that Jesus assisted the man to get out of his coffin and approach his mother. When St. Luke wrote of fear coming among the crowd, he meant fear in the Old Testament sense, that is, fear of the Lord as the beginning of wisdom. Fear in the Old Testament sense means the obligation to give God glory, honor, and worship. The proof lies in what St. Luke reports next, that the people glorified God. They cried out, saying in verse 16, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. The words of the crowd are similar to the Anglican prayer book's Benedictus Canticle, or Song of Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, as quoted in Luke 168. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. It should be understood that raising the son of the widow of Nain, like raising the daughter of Jairus and the raising of Lazarus, is not a resurrection because in the normal course of the lives of these three people, all eventually died. They might be called rejuvenations or resuscitations. The only person ever resurrected is Jesus Christ our Lord. 
word of this amazing demonstration of Jesus' divine power over death quickly spread throughout all Judea and nearby regions. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for 16th Sunday after Trinity are available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. First, from the AIC Bible Study Video Series, New Testament Gospels. The parable of the Good Samaritan is discussed in episode 17 and St. Luke's unique account of the raising of the son of the widow of Nain in episode 20. In the Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, from the first series, St. Paul is the focus of episode 5, St. Luke of episode 15. From the second series, Archbishop Cranmer is one of three English martyrs celebrated in episode 28. Episodes in our Seasonal and Christian Education video series are linked from the digital library page. Episodes in Bible study videos are linked from the Bible study New Testament pages. Podcast versions of all three are linked from the podcast archive page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, in the Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated St. Luke's unique account, of the raising of the son of the widow of Nain is discussed in chapter 7 with a circa 998 A.D. illumination in timber and gold on parchment from the Gospels of Otto III on page 79. The book includes 110 other illustrations from the 6th to the early 20th century. In layman's lexicon, the entries of interest are Benedictus, Blessed, Canticle, Faith, Fear of the Lord, Love slash Loving. In Christian Spirituality, an Anglican Perspective, Part 1 includes discussion of the fundamental duality underlying the discipline of Christian spirituality, that is, that the reality of evil in the world and the Christian truth as its only antidote. Blessedness and all the uses of blessed in the prayer book Psalter are discussed in Part 3 on pages 31 to 62. In the prayer book Psalter, history text and commentary, Psalm 119 is discussed on pages 275 to 286. And finally, In Hear Us, O Lord, Daily Prayers for the Laity, the full text of John Cosin's closing prayer used in the six-hour office is found on pages 101 to 106. The first closing prayer for 16th Sunday after Trinity is a catena of my own composition based on Psalm 119 verses 1 to 8. The second is the Collect for 16th Sunday after Trinity, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gelasian Sacramentary as it was used in worship in England. Blessed are those that are undefiled in the way and walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and seek him with their whole heart even they who do no wickedness and walk in his ways. Thou hast charged that we shall diligently keep thy commandments. Oh, that my ways were made so direct that I might keep thy statutes. So shall I not be confounded while I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will thank thee with an unfeigned heart 
when I shall have learned the judgments of thy righteousness, and I will keep thy statutes. O forsake me not utterly. Amen. And now the collect. O Lord, we beseech thee, let thy continual pity cleanse and defend thy church, and because it cannot continue in safety without thy succor, preserve it evermore by thy help and goodness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.